section thirty of the american egypt this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the american egypt by channing arnold and frederick j tabor frost section thirty yucatan as it is today and the yucatecans part one the yucatecans are a race of parvenus they have been unfortunate both by inheritance and fate the spanish have never been successful colonizers history teaches that they have always suffered from wind in the head both socially and religiously they are bigots and they are naturally bullies to these racial failings fate has added for the yucatecans the last and most fatal of gifts sudden wealth there is no doubt about the wealth of the yucatecans many of them are rich beyond the dreams of even their avarice and that is saying much but when to mushroom millionaires is given the governance of an enslaved race it would be nothing short of a miracle if the very finest and largest breed of parvenus was not produced if you think of all the bad qualities the pettiness and meannesses of all the parvenus you have ever met or heard of you will have some sort of mental picture of a yucatecan if there are any unpleasant characteristics of the parvenu you have forgotten the typical yucatecan has got those too avarice is their besetting sin money is their god there is a saying that jews cannot live in yucatan the sharpest hebrew would come off second best in a business deal with the yucatecan this is the characteristic of all ages and all ranks the yucatecan is always on the make it matters not if he is a multi-millionaire the richest man in the city of merida would not be in the least offended if you offered to buy the flowers from his patio or garden he himself would cut what you wanted and drive a hard bargain with you in a rich quarter of the capital a wealthy family make a practice every dry season of selling water at ten centavos a pail a foreign resident accustomed to buy eggs from the servants of one of the great land-owning families of merida called one day and found the housekeeper out the little daughter of the house ten years old and entitled on coming of age to a million dollars in her own right overheard the caller speaking to one of the maids and came out to offer for six centavos one egg which her pet hen had laid three centavos is the price of an egg all the year through in yucatan there are no poor yucatecans small wonder for not only do they lose no opportunity of raking in the shekels but they openly boast that they never entertain or show hospitality unless it pays them to do so we can bear eloquent witness to this for from end to end of our tour never once was so much as a cup of coffee offered us by a yucatecan with the single exception of the semi-official breakfast we earlier described at the town of tizimin where we spent christmas 
though the jefe and all the authorities of the town knew we were inhabiting a hovel destitute of everything except pegs in the walls on which to swing our hammocks not a soul in that town of several hundreds of well-to-do people was found to come forward with the offer of a chair or a table a basin to wash in or the loan of a little kitchen crockery no if we needed such things we must buy them and if we did not wish to do that why then we must go without we had gone to yucatan intent on roughing it and we did not mind dining with one of our baggage boxes for table squatting turk fashion on the stone floor we only mention it as typical of yucatecan inhospitality which really passes all understanding but rich as the richest yucatecans are it is curious to see how little they know how to spend their money a dozen shoddy rocking chairs a roll-top desk a few oriental rugs or mats some painfully modern china and the walls adorned with a half dozen hideous oleographs there you have the typical room of the typical rich yucatecan they feel this lack of intelligence in using their enormous wealth and it leads them into all kinds of bizarre extravagances they can spend money when they like and when it adds or they think it adds to their comfort one hennequin lord went a few years ago to the st louis exhibition he hired a special steamship and on reaching new orleans ordered a special train making the condition that it was to travel never quicker than fifteen miles an hour and must stop at sunset no matter how inconvenient this proved to the railway officials this precious train cost him six hundred pounds and his whole trip of thirty days cost sixty thousand dollars or six thousand pounds as a people the yucatecans are illiterate to a degree which is almost inconceivable with wealth untold they care nothing for books or learning a man worth three millions sterling confessed to us that there was not a book in his house and that he never read a paper and he was certainly one of the most intelligent men in the country and a man too who had travelled extensively in europe but if the men are supremely ignorant of everything except money-making and uninterested in aught but the gross sensuality which is the be-all and the end-all of their worthless lives the women are worse it is really not their fault for they are little better if at all than odalisks leading in youth the lives of toys in age spending their days in overeating and oversleeping of their colossal ignorance of facts within the knowledge of every national school child the following is an amusing example a young yucatecan lady daughter of one of the richest of the families in the state was sent to new york for a trip for her health and she was to go on to england she suffered so much from seasickness on the voyage out that the doctors in america said that she must not undertake the longer voyage to england but must return at once to yucatan 
her married sister in merida talking of her return said she would come back by land the family are so enormously rich that it was quite possible for them to contemplate the great cost of the overland trip but it was pointed out to the senora that the invalid would have many weeks of travel and would have to make a very wide detour south to avoid the swamps of chiapas oh no sweetly replied the millionaires she is to come by diligence via havana the illiteracy of the wealthier classes is reproduced in a grosser form among the ordinary yucatecans they have no thoughts beyond their food their women and their drinks but there is much to be said for the dolce far niente view of life and one could easily forgive this race of sybarites if they were otherwise agreeable really it sounds like an exaggeration but the yucatecans seemed to us the most disagreeable folk in the world they are avaricious to the degree of dishonesty they will not actually steal but they will cheat you every time and chortle over it quite a big man a jefe who also kept a shop in one town we visited again and again tried to cheat us out of odd centavos over some trifling purchase it was incredible but it was deliberate they are entirely untrustworthy in business they will give their word and break it without scruple if it suits their interests a practical example of this came to our notice in the islands where there is a good deal of trade with american ports such as key west an american skipper told us that he had at the moment of speaking no less than one hundred and sixty pairs of women's shoes on his hands through the impertinent shuffling of his customers they would ask him to bring them shoes from the states give the number and then if the shoes did not quite look what they thought they wanted they said no quiero i do not want and the poor trader having paid cash for the footgear was landed no yucatecan will pay a debt unless you done him ad nauseam it is always mañana tomorrow and as the stranger in yucatan learns to know only too well mañana never comes if a yucatecan owes you five dollars he will pay you three for themselves they are the most remorseless dunners if you have the misfortune to owe a few dollars for say the hire of a volan you will have the wretch literally before dawn at your door beating at it and demanding the money though he well knows you are stopping some days it is not so much the demanding of the money which is after all their right as it is the grossly uncivil way they do it we found this to be the experience of foreigners resident in the country so we were forced to acquit ourselves of having any especially dishonest look an american told us that owing a trifling sum to a wealthy woman the latter came to the hotel and demanded the money with an insolence which was almost intolerable our friend the american skipper who had traded with the islands for more than ten years told us that the insolence of the people in matters of trade was extreme 
knowing him to have boots or shirts to sell they would call from their doors capitan yo quiero i want whatever it was damn em said the little man let them come up to my store and choose no they want me to fag things to their doors literally put the boots on their feet another peculiarity of the people is that they do not recognize a difference of goods they think the cheapest shoe or cloth should be the standard for all goods the yucatecan women are there is no denying it very often extremely lovely it is just that beauty which one instinctively associates with the people who have brought sexual relations to a fine art of absolute self-indulgence by one of the only three englishmen in the country we were told that the state of morality among the yucatecans themselves quite apart from the very sad side of the slavery question to which we have referred in the last chapter beggar's description we can well believe it marriages are contracted at very early ages sometimes the bride's and groom's years totaling a good deal under thirty among the wealthier yucatecans marriages are nearly always the convenance and are arranged by the two families the boy seldom the girl never having a say in the matter thereafter the child-wife passes into a quasi-seralio type of life there are never any men visitors to the house and such things as wholesome exercise are rigorously taboo to all upper-class yucatecan matrons if the doctor orders exercise the miserable little animated toy of the yucatecan croesus drives some miles out of the city and then stops her carriage and solemnly walks up and down the dusty roadway for the allotted time no yucatecan woman of position must ever walk in public that would be a social faux pas far more serious than to have a child before marriage the exalted women of merida very rarely leave their homes till dark when they drive round the plaza occasionally they go shopping when they remain in their carriages and the goods are brought out to them by obsequious shopmen the life they lead is of the most empty and vapid nature surrounded by dozens of indian servants they loll all the day in their hammocks listening to such gossip as their women friends or their servants can tell them a curious result of this harem life they lead is the roaring trade done by turkish peddlers who travel all over yucatan hours are spent by the rich women examining their rolls of cloths and finery once a year the paris milliners and modistes visit merida and take the orders of the richer wives the women accept their lot in life very philosophically it cannot be said of them as canning said of the dutch traders and as might only too truly be said of many english and american women that in matters of commerce the fault of the dutch is giving too little and asking too much 
they ask very little but the amorous attentions of their lords and masters as long as their looks last when they see themselves replaced with really complete apathy in those special functions not that even in their bridal years they have not already been well broken in by a running fire of infidelities on the part of their men-folk but they have long been used to that when as children they have seen the fate of their little indian girl playmates of the yucatecan woman one might say only too truly quoting the reported saying of the empress eugenie when her rather erratic emperor brought up to introduce a countess who was notorious as a royal mistress and who on this particular evening appeared as queen of hearts with a large gold heart swinging some way below her corsage madame vous portez votre coeur très bas she does but she really is not to blame she has been taught nothing better the suffragette question has not yet invaded yucatan and lovely woman is content with the life of a lapdog as well ask the dudus and hades of a turkish pasha's harem to rebel as these charming senoras swinging in their hammocks and puffing at their cigarettes as for housekeeping they are contemptible in their uselessness an american lady very kindly volunteered one day to show a yucatecan lady how to make a cake to which she had taken a great fancy while our friend was busy mixing the ingredients she quite naturally said while i'm doing this you beat up the eggs a look of absolute horror came over the woman's face beat up eggs oh i could not possibly do that one of my indian girls can do that for you but as we have said they fill the role of pretty toys to perfection and they later prove excellent mothers they are great breeders these yucatecans and family life is of the closest the big mansions of merida often housing four generations curiously enough despite the tropical climate the yucatecan woman retains her looks quite late into life very often our hostess at the breakfast was the mother of seven children the eldest a girl of eleven as tall as herself and yet she certainly did not look more than twenty-two or three and so girlish that it was difficult to believe she was a mother at all but a far more remarkable case was that of a woman who was but forty-six and had twenty-four sons we did not see this latter-day hecuba but we were told that she was still quite comely there is very little rebellion among yucatecan women at their fate and we certainly heard nothing at all of divorce we do not think it exists as an institution though it is possible that in this as in all else the men have their own way and if they want to can get rid of their wives among the less wealthy families the marriages are less formal in their makings and the wives do more work that is really the only difference remarriage among the men is the rule most of the elder men appear to have been married at least three times which rather suggests that the average life for males is longer than for females this is possibly so 
the yucatecans certainly look a healthy people though the superfluous fat which is noticeable even in the boys and girls scarcely suggests real constitutional strength what surprised us greatly was the terrible prevalence of leprosy among the richest classes it is not an exaggeration to say that you could scarcely find a wealthy family without this ghastly taint and some of the greatest landowners and their children are eaten up with it no steps appear to be taken to isolate the cases and just before our arrival in the country a young leper enormously rich had contracted a marriage with a lovely girl though he was then in a moribund condition he had died a few months after his wedding and while we were in merida the bride died of the loathsome disease it is said to have been brought from spain in the earliest days of the conquest and it has remained curiously restricted to the richer classes you see little or nothing of it among the lowlier yucatecans and it appears unknown among the indians who as a rule are wonderfully free of all skin troubles the lepers or those threatened with the terrible curse were some of them men of advanced years and their general health did not appear in any way affected one old fellow had but just lost two brothers from it but he himself had so far escaped though his children certainly looked tainted like insanity it often skips a generation it was curious to see these sybaritical plutocrats eager of life's ecstasy's utmost to clutch at the core living their apolostic days out haunted by this terrible shadow the church what can we say about the church in yucatan does the reader remember those spittoons in merida cathedral which we mentioned in an earlier chapter well those ugly etceteras of an ugly habit are a fitting commentary upon the church it was in eighteen sixty seven that president benito juarez disestablished the church throughout the whole of the republic of mexico the effect has been simply disastrous as far as yucatan is concerned her church is so discreditable that the pope would be really only consulting the best interests of catholicism if he abolished the priests altogether as there is no state provision the padres must hold their private dripping pans to catch the public grease and right skilfully they do this a set of dirty unwashed rogues men whose faces are enough to hang them men whom no father would trust with his girl or boy the other side of a glass door they are most of them carpet-baggers wastrels from spain many expelled for very excellent reasons from their colleges who come into yucatan to find a living even the amiable stevens who looked at everything yucatecan except the garapatas through rose-tinted glasses is obliged to confess that their morals were loose but that was a long time ago they are much looser now the last incumbent of tizimin was drunk every day and kept twelve indian girls in the parsonage 
even the tizimenites rebelled at last and this clerical brigham young had to go his place had been taken at the time of our arrival by a priest who had it was said means of his own and had come from spain especially to feed the hungry sheep of the poky little yucatecan town he was a little ratty man with a face suggestive of previous incarnations as a ferret and a money-lender a blood-sucking lecherous little thief that is what the man looked and we have good reason to believe we have done him no great injustice in this description he was the hero of the corner in candles to which we referred in the chapter dealing with dizimin we had called in at the tienda to buy a candle by the light of which to eat our humble supper but the storekeeper told us he had not got a candle left to our astonishment he said that the padre had bought up every candle in the place that as it was fiesta week all the indians would buy candles to burn before the images of the virgin and the saints and that the wily curer of souls had in short made a corner in dips the shopkeeper jubilantly announced that he himself had made a profit out of the deal of one hundred dollars but the priest would make at least three thousand dollars or three hundred pounds enough for him to live on very comfortably for the rest of the year there is evidently a great deal in candles in yucatan the tienda keeper assured us that the padre was a good man but we had our doubts on this point this cunning vicegerent of god had a young priest to help him in the duties to whom he paid the handsome salary of a shilling a day of course providing him with food and lodging we saw the lad daily sitting at the window of the rectory and it would be difficult to imagine a more saturnine sensual face the relations of these men to the girls and women are those of privileged lovers they are in truth licensed libertines whose benefit of clergy covers a multitude of sins venial and otherwise it did not need great acumen to guess at some of these latter six priests were recently deported from merida on the gravest charges no prosecution being contemplated because one of the boys was the son of a very prominent official the priests who are not allowed to wear clerical attire in the streets are on the best terms with the haciendados and do their utmost by trading on the superstition of the unfortunate indians to keep slavery in being there is no appeal for the hacienda slave from the action of master backed up by a priest friendly with the local slave owner the padre can and does seduce what girls he pleases it is most unlikely that the bishop would hear of it the priests must look for monetary support from the land owners so they are cheek by jowl with them all the time in the train one day we saw a band of young haciendados elaborately mocking the intoning of the mass while a priest who was with them was holding his sides with delighted laughter all the yucatecans will gladly join in a jest at the expense of mother church 
one night at a show in merida where some very questionable cinematograph views were delighting the worthy town folk and their children the loudest guffaws and shrieks of joy were evoked by a view of a church in the course of repainting and cleaning you first saw the worthy padre directing the workmen then the painter leaves a pot of black paint on the pedestal of a statue of the virgin enter on the scene two ladies they approach the image reverently cross themselves and mistaking the paint for a piscina dip their fingers in what they think holy water crossing their foreheads and then their faces the fun comes in when they catch sight of each other this mockery simply enchanted the catholic audience talking of piscinas at the south door of the tizimin church was one in it was a chipped enamel bowl half full of water with a suspicious sediment we just touched the edge of the cup and the sediment began to move about on its own the water was alive with myriads of small worms and maggoty creatures the man who had faith enough to believe that the touching of his forehead with that stinking compound was a short cut to salvation deserves his faith there was another of these tadpole basins in the church at izamal and judging from reports that reached us holy water with some body in it seemed quite the fashion in the yucatecan churches agua sagrada indeed agua podrida would certainly be a better name the spittoons in the cathedral at merida had replicas we found in most of the churches but the palm must surely be awarded to a don't spit notice which we saw on an altar in one church that the notice was there was no mere accident either for we saw it in december and when we returned through the town in the spring it was still there evidently that was the permanent position of this offensive decoration but at least the clergy can plead a very real necessity for the spittoons and such notices it is not a pleasant subject but any one who wrote of the yucatecans without mentioning the absolutely universal habit would be a faulty chronicler at all times everywhere everybody young and old of both sexes expectorate they have not the excuse of smoking for the children and young girls are as guilty of this horrible and unhealthy habit as their elders the prevalence of the practice was so marked that we asked several yucatecans to explain what seemed both climatically and physically inexplicable they pleaded guilty to what really amounted to a racial custom but they could not explain it while we were being taken round the museum of merida the eleven-year-old son of the curator spat the whole time on the floor one day in the islands a baker boy of about twelve came to our hut to sell us cakes while we were looking in his basket he spat on the floor by our hammock side he seemed absolutely amazed when we reproved him for it quite a gentlemanly ranchero who walked some miles with us one gloriously sunny day in cozumel 
hawked and spat not once or twice but literally every half minute till we wondered how his poor rasp throat stood the strain hour after hour the queer thing was that the habit was not prevalent among the indians it seemed to be essentially a yucatecan vice it really amounted to that but to return to the church at the risk of appearing prejudiced we must say that the catholicism of the country is so decadent that its disgraceful services would be best done without the drunken priest at campeche with an unlighted cigarette in his hand seated in a chair at the altar his legs stuck up on the chancel rails trying to take part in the intoning of mass is not the exception he should be good padres there must be men who would still deserve the high encomiums that stevens found it possible to write of the yucatecan clergy of his day we saw nothing of them we saw the prostitution of a great ecclesiastical institution which with all its terribly bloody history its soul-choking bigotry has yet numbered among its servant some of the noblest men who have ever lived we saw catholicism at its worst and its worst is very bad indeed nobody not the veriest nonconformist could surely speak without reverence and admiration of the noble old man who to-day rules over the church of rome he assuredly would be the first to grieve over the decadence of his creed in this far-off corner of the catholic world as there can be no doubt he sorrows at the bloody past of a religion which has ever lived and must ever live on the ignorance invincible in the case of the better educated of its followers if graver charges lacked against catholicism there would always be the indelible blot on its teachings that they tend inevitably to encourage indifference and callousness if not actually cruelty towards the animal world everybody who has had the misfortune to visit the market of a french town such as jepp or havre or has driven behind a neapolitan cabman knows more than he or she wishes of latin cruelty it is not really that they desire to inflict pain for the mere delight of inflicting it though there are some fiends enough for that no their creed and whole upbringing rob them of that lively sympathy with god's creatures which he but surely not for tyranny has placed in our power this catholic characteristic is very marked in yucatan the pleasantest yucatecan families we met on our wanderings were living happily amid the victims of such cruelty as would keep an englishman if he were capable of it awake at nights these were the dogs every yucatecan keeps it is really absolutely euphemistic to use the word not one or two but a whole pack of assorted terriers and hunting dogs but he never bothers to feed them it is really a heart-breaking sight for a lover of animals to go into one of the huts or ranches and see the poor things 
they hang round the doorways sometimes so thin and weak that they cannot stand up some poor half-breed collie will raise its weary head to your knee level and stare piteously up at you with eyes which are really hollow from starvation in one ranch we counted a dozen of all sizes and ages and every one of them was a disgrace to their owner who as it happened was quite a good fellow in other ways no he could not see why he should feed the dogs they went out hunting with him those at least that were not too weak and then they got a square meal of peccary guts or other offal but the man could not see that the gaunt staring-eyed creatures their ribs almost seeming to be on the point of piercing through their coats their bellies one sorry flap of fur were a real disgrace to him and his children wherever you go in yucatan you see these spectres of dogs they are really nothing else as a witty fellow-traveller put it they have to lean against a fence to bark and have to stand a long while to make a shadow end of section thirty recording by shenna sir fresno california